0: Welcome to another episode of Bright-Headed Publishing, Patio Book Club. I am your host, Kelly Morgan. I am so excited today because I get to bring you guys a wonderful author and poet, Fenicia
1: Howard. Did I pronounce your name right? Fenicia, but Fenicia is acceptable in Spanish-speaking okay. country. Thank you.
0: <laughs> well, we'll pretend this is a Spanish-speaking country, Fenicia. <laughs> I just like the way it sounds. Fenicia. That's a so club. I'm going to introduce... I'm going to introduce y'all to her. She's going to read some of her poetry. We'll be sure to let you know um, how to get a hold of her books and everything. So, you know, Venetia, she is a 29-year-old native of Chicago, Illinois. And since childhood, she has embraced her passion for expression through writing. In 2010, she moved back to the A, Atlanta, to pursue her degree at Clark Atlanta University. And during this time, she became an internship writer for a magazine called Inspire. And working through Inspire, I believe that she probably uh, says that she developed these wonderful creative writing skills. And she began to really understand her calling for being an author. And anybody that's ever an author, you know, when you get that calling, you just have to write. In 2013, she went and finished her bachelor's degree um, in English, and she began crafting a chapbook, and that was about five years worth of poetry. And that book is entitled, or titled, "Letters to an Anonymous Heart." She officially released her debut chapbook in 2017, followed by her second chapbook, "Heartstrings," in 2019. She describes her bodies of work as collections filled with poetry that explores topics such as religion, sexuality, heartbreak, restoration, empowerment, romance, and freedom. I, for one, am very excited that she is here with us. And so, Fenicia, thank you so much for being here. How are you today?
1: I am well. Thank you for that introduction. It feels weird when I hear my biography being read by someone else, you know, it's like, oh wow, this is me. I'm like, this you have to,
0: you have to celebrate and embrace your accomplishments because it's a beautiful thing.
1: Yes, yes, that's what I am learning on my journey. A lot of times, I'm so busy in the, the now, like the immediate. It's like I don't give myself time to sit back and just revel in, wow, this is and what, what you have at- done. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So I thought what we would do today is I've got a couple of questions that I want to ask you so the listeners can get kind of familiar with who you are as an author and a poet. And then, you know, we'll spend the rest of the podcast will be just all you reading um, your work. I'm really excited to hear it. I, I love spoken word poetry, especially when it's the poet i love it so um, let's just get right to it so first of all just you know tell everybody about you like tell us about you and 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 how you started on this journey of writing
1: well i started writing when i was in about third grade um i can remember specifically it was around this time of the year we were doing a, a winter holiday project and you can do it in any form you know if you want to write a few sentences about what you love about the holidays, or if there's a song you, you want to sing, and I chose to write poetry. At the time, I didn't know it was poetry. I was just like, well, I like learning about language arts. I like rhyming. Let me throw some things together. And I I was eight, nine years old. I didn't think much into it, but my teacher um noticed my writing skills and brought it up to my mom. Like, you know, she's gifted. I just want to let you know. Um, The way that she writes is nothing like a third grader. Um, And so that's when I was aware that I had a gift for writing. For me, it was fun. It was putting words together that rhymed in a very basic rhyme scheme. And that was all it was. And I would say that next year in fourth grade, um, we had a creative writing group called Young Authors with my fourth grade teacher. And we would do short stories. We would do like little fun, writing activities well maybe to some it wasn't fun because it was a required part of the class but to me it was fun and she would say the same thing she was like why don't you enter into a contest poetry contest in the in the neighborhood in the district and you know 19 years old you're babe you're still right? learning you're still learning yourself and even though i i'm i'm here and i have this gift i'm a kid i'm like okay It's a a nice aside. I have a gift, but what are we eating for lunch? What are we doing at recess? I'm not thinking about really doing anything with it. Um, I want to say by the time I got to middle school, so like sixth grade, seventh grade, that's when I really understood the the power I had with my words. And that's when I started um, submitting my work to small poetry contests, whether it was at the school or just in um, that particular suburb. I stayed in the suburb of Evanston a lot of my formative years, schooling years. Um, So I would submit work into those poetry contests. Sometimes I would place, not necessarily first, and sometimes I wouldn't place, but I just liked the idea of participating. And I enjoyed hearing what other people wrote. Um, That's that's amazing because you were
0: entering poetry contest in middle school and most people have never entered a poetry contest that are adults so you didn't even know that you were doing these things yeah you know what i mean that's that's fantastic
1: and my mom has told me before she was like you would write so in so deeply you would make grown people cry. I don't remember the exact poems, but she would she would often say, you know, sometimes you're a little too deep. Like there there were probably certain poems um that I wrote that I probably didn't submit because not that anything was personally happening in my household that was alarming, but because no one expected that of me to be so young. It probably would have raised a red flag like why is she talking like she's so grown? Do we need to check in? So some stuff was like, you know, this is a little before your time, hold off on it. You know, and um, even at a young age, like my mother's side of the family, I come from a family of educators, um, people that may have not professionally pursued um, a career in in whatever respect of art, artistry, but that was a passion and and a talent they had or a gift. And so it was always pressed from early on, copyright your work. Now, of course, as a kid, I don't have a job, so I don't have the money to save up to copyright. But, you know, poor man's copyright. Email it to yourself, mail it to yourself. Early on, my mother knew you have a gift, and unfortunately, you have people out there that may want to take it from you and claim it. So find a way to to stamp it where it's your own. Um so even that is as, as a kid, and I, like like you said, most people don't enter contests or do things till they're adult. Here I am a kid and I already know the importance of copyright. <laughs> <And laughs> but
0: most here. adults who are self-publishing don't know the importance of copywriting. Yes, and that's so, like
1: a big that's that's law that's that's Bible in the in in any type of artistry, not even artistry, in, in any work you do, that's just number one, copyright your work
0: period. (laughs) Right, right. That, that is a good, that is a good segue to my next, my next question for you is what's one misconception you had before you actually became a published author? And this is a little different because actually you've been published for a long time. Mm
1: -hmm. If you,
0: if you placed in a contest and and you got into a literary work, you are, you're published, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, but as you started to really look at publishing say your books what is you know what is one misconception that you had about what that process would look like
1: i would say a misconception i had was that there was no market for me as a self-published author and then as a poet because and not to to um, deter anyone who is an aspiring a uh, writer or a poet but when you come into that that space, that community, and you're looking for advice, or you just you already have your stuff, but you just want to network, you may hear that more frequently than not that I understand yourself publishing; it's on the rise. However, but how be it? You know, um, so the misconception was that there wasn't any type of market, and I would say within the last year or so, just networking, joining a whole bunch of Facebook groups, um, putting, because I'm a big Instagram um, person, just putting hashtags on my Mm -hmm. posts which attracted more people. Those small things, and you don't have to be a big influencer, but just those small things, you will create the network and people pay attention to you. So I say that to say, at first I was just so... Taken aback by it. It was like disheartening. Like, well, I put my work out there and there's, there's, it can't go anywhere. And it's like, no, 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 it can. You just have to know how to promote yourself. One, have, well, have the confidence in yourself. And you, you have to be consistent with it too. Don't be scared, you know, because you'll meet a, a, in these networks other people that are in similar uh, boats as you where they're trying to get their things out too and a lot of people want to connect in some way mm-hmm.
0: um but that's true put,
1: you have to put yourself out there and and don't be scared when you're there and you might have someone that's maybe a little Debbie downer and, and say you know har- hopefully nothing too harsh because I know with especially with Facebook groups you can't say just anything You that's the quickest way right. to get put out but don't let if, if you get a little um snarly con- comment don't let that make you shut down and feel like you can't still push your your things out there so I would say that was a, a big missus- misconception thinking there was no place for me um, also that there aren't enough well I know things are kind of tricky because we're still in a pandemic but pre-COVID don't underestimate resources within your community I did an author expo a couple of summers ago. Uh, a good friend of mine had sent me the flyer from our local library. And I was like, okay, I'll sign up. And it was a place for all types of writers, not just published or, you know, well-known in the community of Atlanta, anyone. And I underestimated that event. It was so many people there and so many people came to my table and were honestly intrigued with what I had to say and and wanted to connect with me. And don't underestimate your resources either. So I would say th- those were two main misconceptions, thinking there wasn't a place for me and underestimating my resources I had locally.
0: That is wonderful advice, especially self-published. And, and um, I'm like you, I didn't really know a lot about the self-publishing world. And I've I've learned over time. And you're right about the networking and being consistent and you can't let a negative comment shut you down and stop you. Right. Mm -hmm. So that Mm -hmm. is so true. You have to believe in what you do and know that you're a good writer. Mm -hmm. Right. And everybody's not going to like your stuff. It's just how it is.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll give an example too. I was in a Facebook group and I don't think it was, I misread what she said. I think she just didn't word it in a way where it was clear because other people did the same thing I did. She, I can't remember the exact wording, but whatever it was, it was, you know, if you wrote uh, 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 this type of book, put your, you know, information down. So I did, and she was like, you know, I'm sorry, but that's not what this post was geared toward. And then she put her link about what it was. So I used it to my advantage still. I said, okay, well, if you do know someone that is interested in this, here's my information. So you can always do that too, without it, Mm -hmm. you know, feeling like, oops, my bad, and feeling embarrassed, you know, just work that in your advantage because they may not need what you have to offer, but someone they may know may need what you You have to offer. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm
0: -hmm. So I'm excited because I know that you're gonna be reading today. And so what what have you decided um, to bring to us? What are you going to spit today?
1: I'm going to spit from my latest chapbook, Heartstrings. Um, this book was released last year in October. Oh, I'm sorry, November. And this one is is more current, so it has more poems um, along of the mindset that I'm in right now. If there is some time later, I would love to read a few poems from my debut chapbook, "Letters to an Anonymous Heart." So, you know,
0: and if and if we do run out of time today, know that you can always come back and read more. So awesome. that's, never, that's never a problem. So I am going to just kind of bow out of the scene. I'm going to let you take it. Please let everybody know where they can get your stuff, links, whatever information you want to share. And so everybody, I am so excited. Uh, Fenicia, go ahead. Let, let's hear what, just tell us again what you're reading from.
1: I'm going to be reading from my second chat book called Heart Strings. Perfect. This is Muse. Don't let men fool you. They give Shakespeare a run for his money when they're in love. This is Mars versus Venus. Maybe men sex to cope, while women sex out of hope. Both parties just looking for something dope, something that won't make them feel like they're at the end of their rope. This is Mariposa, which is Spanish for butterfly. All that poetry wrapped up inside of you, but you won't come out of hiding from within your cocoon. I hope you find courage to set yourself free so the world can witness magic I already see. This is the elements of her voice. I'm in awe of her voice. The way it commands respect of the wind, upstages the blaze of fire, intimidates the shake of the earth, silences the roar of the ocean, and humbles the pride of thunder. This is Soulmates. How did you know they were the one? When we both understood that we were each other's favorite subject in a sentence, and together we were willing to exhaust the use of every preposition just to be attached to one another. This is truth. It took 20 something odd years to figure out why people don't fancy truth. It's because it doesn't dress up in designer clothes. It's not caked up in expensive foundation or hide behind beguiling shades. No, truth is that white elephant you don't wanna handle. That unpleasant smell coming from the bottom of the kitchen receptacle, the taste of onion that violates your palate. Truth is what will set you free. When your naivety holds holds you prisoner, people should stop looking for Christmas in truth. This is her. I honor the woman who shames her cellulite. I welcome the woman who disowns her postpartum stretch marks. I uplift the woman with paralyzed ovaries who cannot conceive. I brag about the woman who hides her mastectomy scars. I love on the woman who still pains over her abortion. I have faith in the woman who doubts after miscarriage. I wait with the woman finding patience to love herself. I shower blessings over the woman who curses her body. Woman, some kind of special you are. This is Drown. I never learned how to trust water. I hear when people fall in love, some fall rather deep. They become consumed by the tides with no life vest to protect them. I'm encouraged often to go with the flow, that my fear is not real. But it looks like suicide, taking that chance to jump, playing a game of heads or tails, perhaps Russian roulette. Diving head first into uncharted waters, not knowing if I'll sink or swim. I'm building up the courage to fall in love. I pray when the water submerges me, it won't be my deathbed but instead my baptism. This is Titles. I believe we were both in love with one another, but we were too scared to own it. Signing the deal was a debt neither one of our egos could afford. This is Tattoo. You and Tattoos have so much in common. The thought of you is enchanting, thrilling, euphoric. You being my forever is ideal, but not worth the pain, nor regret. This is lessons. It's imperative that we accept people we encounter on our journey as they are. Even the ones who bring chaos into our world. Instead of giving in to hatred, take from people lessons in life. You can't expect a cactus to blossom into an oak tree, but it doesn't mean the cactus doesn't serve its purpose in your life. The cactus will teach you how to guard your heart after being hurt by the prick of its thorn. The oak tree will show you how to grow and stand mighty, despite your hurt. This is esoteric. Some people don't deserve your thoughts. They reason your long winded speeches to be punishment rather than opportunities of enlightenment, make you feel like some strange device with immortal batteries that never finds silence. People desire to listen to what is more pleasing to their ears, which doesn't always align with what's pleasing to their spirits. So they struggle accepting your rawness your loquacious stream of consciousness, the beauty found in your native tongue of conversation. They may try to provoke war with you because your words don't conform to normality, all because it isn't attractive, or filtered, or wrapped under two minutes, or docile, or solicited. The words you speak, not only do they trigger, they echo. Damn. Some people don't deserve your thoughts. This is body. I have learned to stop looking at my body as a person and rather a temple. I'd rather be a place of healing and beauty than some institution stained by every bit of insecurity and condemnation the poor world had to offer. This is hydration. Beware of people who make you believe You're being too thirsty to ask of love. Even the hottest of deserts are deserving of love and the sands benevolently hold water beneath them. This is thoughts. Everyone should have the chance to experience romance once in a lifetime. Not that one-sided, unrequited narrative either, no. That all-consuming, Outer body phenomena, that type of mythical magic that makes you think Cupid must be an expert in astronomy at best, or a kindergarten teacher, the way he knows how to command the stars to align in single file order. Love must be that kind of spell that have you drown in the deepest of skies and fly across the bountiful ocean. This poem is named 102317. I give some of my poems dates if I don't have a title. 102317. Hearts beg for the food we should be making our eagles die of starvation from. This is 1117, 2017. I can't afford to pay an inconvenience fee for loving someone. How do you punish love? Look it in the eye and tell it there's no place for you in your for it in your heart. Serve it in eviction notice and never return a deposit. This is 3118. What if God in fact makes mistakes? And all his unexpected blessings are refunds for the trouble. This is burying seeds. Dearly beloved, the ground is not your resting place. It is your nesting place. You were planted beneath in order to create a foundation, suppressed under the soil so that you could get back to your roots. And you will soon ascend and it will be a resurrection that will destroy every entity that poisoned you into believing that your black wasn't beautiful and your black life had no matter and that privilege only came in 50 shades of white. So don't believe the lies that sing you sorrowful hymns filled with goodbyes because the ground is not your resting place. It is your nesting place, dearly beloved. This is hands. We have yet to fully understand the power of the two innate abilities our own hands possess. If something wants to stay, we grasp. If something wants to go. We must release. This is collateral damage. My mother was an expert in surviving combat. I wear her war rooms proudly. This is La Solalia. Learning to say my name for many is like speaking in tongues and that's what frightens them. My name is a gift that not everyone understands how to use properly. My name is connected to the soul that they must elevate higher to in order to reach me on a spiritual level. This is misogyny. Training men to take heaven hostage, somewhere between her legs and her heart is diabolical. How dare anyone disregard such an ethereal goddess. The only vessel that could nurture you in water, bleed you free into the earth, and willingly gamble her last breath so that you may have your first. This is Braveheart. Those who stuck by you in times of adversity, remember to thank them. Those who left you in times of adversity, remember to forgive them. This is, my birth name is reality. People try to act like they don't see me, but they do. Make me feel like I'm an unpopular choice to embrace because I'm raw, explicit, uninhibited, strange, beautiful, dangerous. I'm the reason why social media created filters. The reason why there are no mirrors in your house. You tried to hide from me internally but you will always seek me eternally. This is tradition. Please don't force a woman to lose her worth in the absence of a wedding ring. Let marriage be a choice, not a priority. Finding self is a treasure she could never look for in someone else. Let's teach our girls to honor their worth despite a marital status, just as much as we teach them to honor tradition. This is why she still has her youth. Because one day the gray hairs will make their way to the front of your crown. And mother nature will begin preparing for her retirement. And regret becomes stronger than your morning coffee. And your body will fall in love with gravity. And the days and the nights become interchangeable and the idea of sporadic adventure suddenly triggers anxiety and time, who was once bothersome, becomes precious in the smile of your grandchildren and death becomes a friendly reminder and you'll long for the days where you had the opportunity to dare and be anything you desired, to explore without limits, to love without fear, to have the taste of bliss on your palate, to dive into the sea of immortality and you won't want to be stuck on that island of once upon a time ruminating on how life consistently knocked on your door, asking you to come out and play, and instead of taking chances, you took rain checks. This is called, this poem ain't for the saved or sanctified. I desire men who strive to make me think rather than come. Awakening my mind is revolutionary. Awakening my flesh is cautionary. This is called overflow. You give me paragraphs wrapped up in sentences and you still don't think you have depth? Silly you, my darling one. This is called waiting in your own skin. You ain't gotta get skinny for love. Just be ready, just be willing, just be you. This is called T, as in the letter T. What greater torture than to be parallel, knowing our lines are never destined to touch. If only God sealed our face to be perpendicular. This is called palabras, which is Spanish for a word. All the words we don't speak inevitably turn into the wars our souls can't avoid. This is called life. Somewhere between a smile and a cry, I found the answer in God's riddle. This is called, if God had claustrophobia. One thing I know about God, he doesn't play about making space. So rest assured, when one door closes, another will open. This is called, shame on you. One of these days, a weight loss is gonna overdose on guilt. Making money off insecurity should be a felony. This is called reciprocity. Every time I pour a cup of love into someone, the ocean meets my feet at shore with a kiss more passionate than the previous one. This is called 100%. It's my duty to search the greatest depths and reach the greatest heights in order to find my peace and become whole. I owe that to the broken child inside of me. This is called strangers. It's funny how we find family within unfamiliar faces. This is called an excuse to leave the table. If it doesn't encourage peace, sustain your passion, or align with your purpose, gracefully dismiss it. This is called hard-headed. God saved you from a bullet of heartbreak. And what did you do? Walked right back into the bullseye because you convinced yourself that being his target was the same as being his prize. This is called Graveyard Shift. 3 AM, God works the hardest at this hour. This is called Conundrum. The most difficult dilemma I'll ever be faced with is having to decide in the face of adversity, which comes first? my blackness, or my womanhood. This is called Jehovah's Orchestra. Imagine if we looked at ourselves in the eyes of God, a view that saw your soul before voice broke through your lips to announce yourself present. What if we felt ourselves with his touch? Will we then recognize the wind as his breath, or the rain as his tears? What if we heard with majestic ears as the most high? Will we understand how the drum is his heartbeat or how the flute is his whistle? Perhaps the piano could be his waltz, the trumpet his laugh, and the trombone his roar. This is called Grandma's Hands. I dedicate this particular poem to my maternal grandmother, Audrey Brown. I'm here because grandma knew how to talk to God. The way her knees kissed the floor when she bent down to pray. The way those hands fastened like Velcro. The way her cry broke through the ceiling. She was a warrior of prayer, a speaker of tongues, ambassador of faith. It would be insulting of me to neglect thinking that grandma asked fervently of God that her daughter's daughter would have favor all of her mortal days, even on days where she forgot to pray. And Sunday service and boisterous hallelujahs became to her mundane. I hope when we meet again, she'll know none of her prayers were in vain.
0: probably have to take a break that's your poems are really really good i just want to tell you this is like spoken word and uh i can just remember being in atlanta when i used to live there and uh going to the the clubs to hear the spoken word and just being in awe so i'm in awe so yeah if you got to take a you've got if you need a minute just (laughs) because it's it's great
1: yes I have one more from this book. It just so happened I got choked up when I got to the end. This is my last poem from Heart Strengths. Okay. It's it's called A Boat. It feels so good to be home. People can be trips within themselves. Cruises I wish I never embarked on. Then there's you a lighthouse in the middle of a titanic ocean, an oasis in in an immeasurable desert. Thank you for housing me in your love. I can finally unpack. And that is Heartstrings. In its entirety. Wow.
0: wow. That in one breath. Was that was so good? Oh my goodness! If you all don't go out and get this book, wow! That all of them were so good. Thank right. You write so. Oh my goodness! Are you going to read from the other one? Could you still have time?
1: I will. Um. I'll. How much time do I have? Um, you probably have like another 10 minutes. You want to, you can read a couple okay. of them? Yeah. I was gonna uh, just talk briefly about my okay. Chinese um, and my style. Um I I'll I'll tell I'll say this. Some of my influences is how I learned to embrace my own style. Um I am a big fan of spoken word poet Rudy Francisco. I am a fan of the poet Warsan Shire. I uh, I am also a very big fan of Naira Wahid. Um, Naira Wahid specifically gave me the inspiration and courage to stray away from conventional grammar. And I will, as stated earlier in my intro, I I majored in English. So me being an English major, I am. I am, um, structured to look at things grammatically, but with poetry, the beauty in that is there are so many different types of first style. You can, you can do what you want with it. And now you're why he is notoriously known for not having punctuation or if she does, she chooses where to, where she wants to put it. Um, And I just find that so freeing. I think just that in my personality too, just being free and doing what the hell I want. And and you feeling the words and not being worried about the fact that the comma is not there or the period is not there or that I didn't start it necessarily capitalized every time, but just really feeling what I'm saying. Um, With my influence from Rudy Francisco, he uses a lot of personification in his poems. And it's very captivating. And just as a person who studied literary forms, personification is one of the styles that I like myself. I think it's beautiful when you can, by its true definition, give inanimate objects or ideas, human-like qualities, and how people can really connect to that sometimes better than when you're describing another human being that is meant to have human-like qualities um i also i'm not fluent but i studied a lot of years in spanish so that's why in both in a lot of my writing i'll say if i don't have an english title for it it'll probably be a spanish title or um, have you ever written a poem in spanish a long time ago, I think it was a haiku. I think literally in a Spanish class, I took an honors class, and we had to write a haiku. And I was so thrown because I'm—I was so stuck on this is not rhyming, it's not rhyming, which <laughs> which poetry does not have to rhyme for those correct. Like that. And that that took a lot of years of, of maturing to to really understand that too, because I used to just write rhyme. And I'll have a few poems. I'll share one in my first book that is a, a, a rhyming one, but it's it's very, it has a lot of depth. But as I got older, I, I put that to the side as thinking that was the only way to do it. Um, right. I'm also, I strategically do a lot of like, one hit li- one hitter lines or two them. lines. I love them, and I love them. And I do that intentionally because it just shows sometimes you can get to the point and convey the message and heartstring pull at the heartstring less is more you don't have to say a whole bunch of words or write an iambic pentameter to get your point across sometimes just say it one or two words and the message is there um specifically when i talk about you know you give me paragraphs and sentences that's that's the essence of that you give me so much in the less that you say and you think that you have to give me more by saying more and it it doesn't have to be that way um I I I will say too and I I promise I'll get to the second book I mean my first book second um with my writing and making sure that I I say a lot of short things that are powerful or or if it's long it has like a deeper rooted message in it than just the surface. Um, A lot of times growing up, I felt like I was misunderstood when I would speak. Um, I also had a really bad lisp when I was younger. Um, It's gotten better over the years, but a lot of times it was like when I would write, people would go, wow. And it's like, this is what I've been trying to say, or th- this is me, but it was like when I would write it, I had the attention, like I could get the attention opposed to when I'm like, listen to me, listen to me. It's either like you're talking too much, you're talking too fast, I really can't understand you. You're, you're, you're stammering over your words. So a lot of the depth goes into the writing when it can't always translate in from the mouth. And the interesting thing is in the first part of my book, I like to start with either um, a dedication page or a quote. I have a quote out of the Bible, and it's for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And even though I'm outside of reading it for you all, although I'm not speaking all of my poetry, it still speaks when you read it. So I felt that that part of this scripture was very important to add at the beginning of my book. Um, I'll segue into going back to my first chat book, which was released in May of 2017. Um, this is my first baby, Letters to an Anonymous Heart. And I'll share a, a few poems. Let me look for one where there was a rhyme scheme, but it had it had quite a nice amount of depth within it. Here we go. This poem is called A Child's Prayer. Again, this is from my first chat book, Letters to an Anonymous Heart. Sometimes I wonder when I look up at the sky, does God hear me when I cry? I try to be considerate and wait for the right time, but I fear if I call, I'll get a busy line. I'm aware that there's others waiting their turn and need God to answer their prayers and concerns. But I've been holding on to suppress burdens and sorrows and I dread being told to come back tomorrow. I don't want to harass him to get his attention, so I hope that his secretary writes me down to mention if someone gets a chance to contact him before me. Can you let him know this for me, please? Father, I need you, I'm not doing well. My faith's being tested and I think I might fail. I know I must walk by faith and not sight, but it's hard to feel your presence in the emptiness of night. And it's difficult to express troubles to family and friends, especially when they're dealing with their own fears and sins. I'm aware that there are others who need you much more, like the unsaved, the ill, the children and poor. And I don't undermine your priorities for sure, but Father, I'm just trying to make it to heaven's front door. Well, hopefully this message gets to you in time. And I apologize if my worries hold up the line. I just. Want you to know I've wanted to talk for a while. Patiently waiting. Sincerely, your child. I'll read another one. This is called The Kiss. For him, it was a mistake. For me, it was paradise. He was the lucky one. He got to walk away free of consequence. But I was left with Pandora's empty box, standing in a crowded room, guilt-ridden of letting the surviving relic, hope, escape. This poem is dated 126, 2017. I want him to look at me the same way he adorns the stars in the sky. Wondering how or why God was ever moved together broken pieces and create a beautiful masterpiece hung across a celestial ceiling of infinite wonder. Simply for just one man to admire endlessly on an ordinarily quiet night.
0: Wow, you write so beautifully. I could listen literally listen to your to your work all day. And the first <laughs> book was phenomenal. I'm positive. Well, the second book was phenomenal. First book, I'm sure. Since you can't, we don't have time to read the whole thing. But let everybody know where they can get the book. If you got a website, how they can reach you if they want to connect with you. Um, how how's the best way for the listeners to to get at you.
1: So both of my books, Letters to an, an Anonymous Heart and Heartstrings, are available on the Amazon platform. Um, I also have a milkshake. That's the name of the website, a milkshake website. And that is k e backslash F-A-N-I-C-I-A-H-O-W-A-R-D forward slash.
0: And we'll put that out there too. The link will be um, connected to the podcast. So if you didn't get that, you can. we'll make sure that the link is there for you so that you can click on it and, and get at this wonderful, wonderful poet. I enjoyed so much having you um, on the show. Any... Any parting words for us, or any any parting nuggets you want to drop?
1: Keep writing to everyone out there. Keep writing. You, whatever wherever you stand with the spiritual belief, or you know, I know people have different beliefs and understanding of how they fit into this vast yet marvelous universe, but. You were here. You exist here in this realm for a reason and you have purpose. Keep keep writing. Someone needs what you have. Someone needs your gift. I underestimate myself too, and it's always um it always motivates me when I do get to talk to someone and they'll go, you know, you wrote this and it really touched me. It really made me feel this way and i it made me want to push forward you wrote this and it made me really want to go tell that person i love you i forgive you you know so don't don't give up on that um also let this journey push you into loving yourself better we're in a space now where we all need to love a little harder whether it's ourselves or other people i always push love and positivity
0: That is Um. very true. Wise, wise words. Well, thank you so much. I truly enjoyed uh, you being here with me today and listening to you. And I hope that the listeners enjoyed it as well. Thank you for listening to bright headed publishing patio book book club. Um, We will have another episode for you next week. Um, hopefully another author, another poet. I'm not sure who's ever going to come through, but it's always exciting for me. So thank you so much for listening. Until next time, keep writing.